USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big brain. Today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride on this Sunday afternoon. It is, after all, May 7th, 2023, and the wheels continue to fall off. The Republic, as long as you keep letting people like Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. have control of the White House and the Senate and whatever else you put them in charge of. I don't know why you guys out there haven't noticed the, the pattern. Of course, right now, I'm obviously not talking to the regular listener to the show. I'm talking to those folks out there that, for whatever reason, keep electing Democrats. Even though they've let the cat out of the bag, they've made it quite clear what their intentions are, what their desires are, what their thoughts about we the people are. And if time allows, I will get into a story about exactly that. But there's some other things that I need to get to first. And, uh, you know, we, we've got plenty of information going on. We've got multiple fatalities in Texas because of a incident involving a car plowing into pedestrians. We had a shooting take place in Texas as well at a mall. Uh, and this, of course, is being covered and over-covered and over-discussed. Uh, 
and and I only say that because obviously the legacy media is again talking about oh no guns are bad and uh, pay no attention to the fact that we can't control the southern border. We really don't want you thinking about that. No, what they do want you thinking about is how it's all either the guns fault or it's all about racism. And that's where we will start right after I bring you our first message from one of today's sponsors. Uh, that, of course, this first one is WarPatriots.com. Okay, so here's a shocking story about our crumbling electrical grid. And I say it's shocking because it resulted in the death of a 70, I'm sorry, of a 67-year-old individual. There was a surprise blackout, only it wasn't quite so surprised. It was ordered by the power company. It was a surprise to the people that relied on the power company, you know, to do things like provide them electricity. It was a surprise to them because there wasn't actual storms going on at the moment that caused an unexpected power outage. It was a surprise because the power company ordered the power off. Here's exactly what happened. There were some old power lines that were at risk of getting knocked over due to high winds. So the power company killed power to roughly about 700,000 homes, you know, just in case. Robert, he was asleep. He was using his oxygen machine to help him breathe, and unfortunately, in about 12 minutes time without power because he was asleep at the time and did not know well he was gone the sad part about robert's tragedy you know other than the tragedy itself is that it didn't have to happen it didn't have to happen because you don't have to rely on the power company to be your only source of electricity you see there is a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free backup power generators. We're talking, of course, about the Patriot Power Generator from 4Patriots. It's silent. It's solar. That means no gas, which means no fumes, which means no risk of carbon monoxide poisoning, which actually also means that you can use it inside if you need to. It's powerful enough to run those medical devices that would have kept Robert alive. You can even use it to keep your refrigerator running if that's what you needed to do. And right now, you can go to 4 use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to the number 4Patriots.com and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off. Uh, get over there and get yours today, if you haven't already. That's really all I can say about that. All right, so I didn't get much of a chance to really get into this incident going on in New York. The incident, of course, the death of Jordan Neely and how things have been played out. The Marine who placed this man into the submission hold, which unfortunately appears to have been the cause of, well, uh, appears to have been a factor in Jordan Neely's death, 
they were keeping his name quiet at the time. He had not yet been doxxed. That, of course, since then has no longer been the case. He has been doxxed, and a lot of media outlets are now sharing the name of the Marine. But I gave a warning Friday, as that was the first chance I had to actually discuss the topic at all, in regards to the fact that this is not a racial-motivated issue. It is really an issue about the failures of democratic policies. And I know in the time that has happened between Friday night and uh, today, I've heard lots of other people echo that particular sentiment, uh, other conservative commentators. Uh, I think I'm still among some of the first people to point it out. I know I'm not the only one. I know I wasn't the first. But it is good to see that more people are paying attention to the fact that this is more about a failure of democratic policies. Policies that leave the police unable to do their job. Uh, policies that leave mentally ill individuals running wild and rampant on the streets of major cities, not just New York. They're not the only place that has this problem, but you see it most common in places that have full control that have been fully controlled for decades, in many cases, by Democrats. It's the policies. It's, it's those, those ideas that are at the heart of the decline of the country, of the republic as it exists. And it's an intentional thing whether a lot of the people that help to institute these policies understand that or not. Because, yes, a lot of the folks that are helping to promote these ideas a lot of the people that are out there helping to push these policies forward are little more than useful idiots. They don't understand. They fall into the, the misunderstanding. They fall into the misconception that somehow that's the humane thing. Let's leave the mentally ill on the streets because that's humane. Their failure to understand that that is actually the opposite of being humane, of being compassionate, it never ceases to amaze me that they continue to have that disconnect, that they never seem to get it through their skulls, that that's not the thing to do to help people, even though these policies are supposedly in the name of helping these people. Where is the disconnect? Why can you not see this for what it is? Well... Unfortunately, there's still far too many folks that don't see it for what it is. And as I mentioned Friday night, we are so quickly coming up on uh, summer riot season. And we're starting to head in that direction. We had activists, uh, obviously left-wing activists, who were literally jumping on subway tracks in New York City over the weekend, temporarily bringing a part of the subway system to a halt. This, of course, is a clashed with police over the death of Jordan Neely. The New York Post reported that at least seven people were arrested during the mayhem at the Lexington Avenue and 63rd Street subway stop on the Upper East Side. You know, obviously targeting the right people, you know. The attacks by these leftists on officers from the New York City Police Department happened despite the fact that Neely's death had nothing to do with law enforcement. Oh no, because you see, law enforcement, your officers, I'm, by the way, quoting a, a lady from a video that I saw involving this story, uh, 
Your officers are taking black lives. Had nothing to do with the police in this one. Although if the police had been free to do their jobs, it would have never happened. Let's, let's just keep the disconnect, because obviously, why should we let the facts of the matter interfere with the great leftist narrative, right? Nothing to do with the cops, but they were literally assaulting police officers in some degree, and then shocked that they were being taken into custody. If you ask me, a lot of what these people did, they got off very easy. A bunch of them should have been arrested, not just about a dozen or so. Photojournalist Rebecca uh, Brannon posted several videos on Twitter of the events that uh, were taking place on Saturday afternoon. It was a lot of those videos that I was watching that uh, I was talking about when we saw this crazy blonde white lady in a green top screaming, ah, your officers take black lives. Uh, no. New York City police officers put their lives on the line to try and protect and serve the residents of New York City, and more often than not, do not receive the respect that they deserve, nor are they treated as they should be by their superiors either. They were having to forcibly take people into custody after they had assaulted officers or were blocking the subways. To call these Folks, protesters is one thing, but once they start taking aggressive, threatening, or violent actions towards other people that are not part of their group, they're no longer protesters. They've tripped across that line into becoming a criminal. You had uh, videos of folks that were trying to prevent the subway doors from closing, and they were clashing with officers who were trying to get them out of the way of the doors because people are still trying to use the transit. And it's not like the uh, public transit, the subway system in particular, has been doing a brisk business as of late anyway. Numbers of riders are way down, and it's partially because of people like Neely who have been attacking random folks that happen to be trying to get on the subway. Multiple occasions, this guy has pushed, shoved, or attempted to throw people onto the tracks. He was not a well person. And no, that doesn't mean it's perfectly okay for him to be killed. And it certainly doesn't mean that it's okay for something bad to have happened to him. But again, I'll remind you, if it wasn't for democratic policies, the police would have already had him off of the streets. If it wasn't for democratic policies, he could have been forcibly kept into, um, oh, now the word escapes me all of a sudden, I apologize, but when you are uh, being held for mental incompetence, uh, but committed, forcibly committed, that's what I'm looking for. He could have and should have been forcibly committed. The guy was talking smack because he wanted to be arrested. He did not expect that uh, anyone in the crowd was actually going to step up and defend themselves, which is all this Marine did. It's unfortunate that he had to. If the police are allowed to, citizens don't have to. Daniel Penny, 24-year-old, 24-year-old, he was a college student and a U.S. Marine. Uh, veteran, of course. He subdued Neely, 
with the help of at least one other passenger. Why are we not talking about the other passenger? Oh, mostly because he's black. And we can't talk about black on black crime. No, no. Uh, Daniel, whose name is now plastered everywhere. So I guess it's okay for me to put it out there as well. Daniel's white. So, you know, white on black crime. Well, no, that's the narrative. Racism, racism, racism. Now go out there and fight the police. You're being manipulated by a group of people that know that this is a statistical anomaly and they know that what you're fighting for isn't factual. They're painting a picture that's not a true picture. And you're falling for it if you're one of these protesters that are out there. You're being used to help them cover up the fact that it's their failed policies. And I say, I use the term failed policy. I probably shouldn't. They're policies that are failing their constituents. They're policies that are failing the city of New York. They're policies that are failing the state of New York. They're policies that are failing the country as a whole. But they are policies that are working exactly the way they're intended to because they're designed to rip apart the social fabric of this nation. They're policies that are designed to keep us separated and fighting with each other while they reap in benefits and marionette everything from behind the scenes. And if you don't believe me, ask yourself again how it is that somebody can continuously ignore the fact the real issue in the black communities when it comes to crime is not about white people attacking them. It's not about police killing them. It's about black-on-black -black crime. It's about a epidemic of fatherlessness in these homes. How is it that we can continue to ignore that if you're really looking for solutions? Because, again, all you have to do, if you take the emotion out, and I understand that is very hard to do in a very complex situation like this, especially when you have carefully curated and edited videos that leave important parts of the story, early parts of the video out, and just air the parts that make it look like this guy, this Marine, Daniel Penny, just came up from out of nowhere for no apparent reason and said, All right, black mofo, you gotta go, because that's... That's the narrative that they're being told. If you honestly thought, especially considering who's running the NYPD right now, who's running the mayor's office in New York City, who's running the DA's office, people that have went out of their way to go after Donald John Trump over a crime that's not a crime, you think that they would look the other way on a case of obvious, clear-cut racism that led in the death of a citizen if they actually had a legal case? They're not doing They're still investigating. There's a reason the charges haven't been made yet is because there's not enough evidence to suggest whether or not this was an act of murder, if this was an act of manslaughter, or if this was simply an act of a citizen having to do what the police are no longer allowed to do. And... Don't think for a second that the Democrats that are creating these anti-police policies don't understand 
that the American mentality is a simple one. And it's one that even a leftist can get, because if you go messing around with their families, they're going to feel the same way about it. And that is, if the police can't defend the population, eventually the population is going to start defending itself. And if you're not a fan of vigilanteism, then you need to embrace keeping your police in the places where they need to be, having them armed well enough to take on whatever level of bad guys they can expect on a daily basis. With the full-fledged support of the department to bring forth what needs to be done. Right now, based on the fact that I've seen the extended video that shows what Neely was doing beforehand, and the fact that we know for a fact that Daniel Penny was attempting to use a submission hold, not a choke hold. There was no intention to kill, harm, or maim. There was only the intention to incapacitate Neely in order to protect the public in general. This guy was a freaking hero for the people on this train. And if you watch the extended video, the unedited version, and see the reactions of the passengers and the folks that helped Daniel Penny in trying to subdue this guy and trying to provide him aid after they realized he wasn't moving, then it's pretty clear cut that the citizens on this train had already had enough of this guy and all the other guys that are being allowed to roam free who should be taken into custody and at the very least evaluated. Where is your mental health capacity? Where is your actual compassion for these people? Because as long as you're leaving them on the streets, you're asking for more stuff like this to happen. He's People like Neely are either going to continue to shove innocent people into the path of oncoming trains to injure them drastically by shoving them around, slamming them into things, stabbing them, or worse, or those people themselves, the people that are in need of the mental care, are going to end up being the victims of vigilante justice because it's going to be the only justice available for the citizens, not just in New York, but also in other places like Detroit, Chicago, New Orleans, Los Angeles, all the places where the left have been calling the shots for far too long with no concern about their citizens. They're not doing their job. It is the failed policies of the Democratic Party. Don't be pulled in. Don't let these folks pull you in. You got to know better. All right. So with that being said, want to spend a very brief moment before we slide to the mid-hour break, talking about the fact that you can expect Israel to take action soon. Oh, what kind of action are you talking about, Tim? Well, let me put it to you like this. The Islamic Republic of Iran, according to multiple reports, now has enough enriched uranium to produce five nuclear weapons. And this is being discussed by Israeli officials. If they're discussing that fact, 
If they're sharing that intel, it means they're already past the planning stage and they're waiting for the testing of the winds to see how quickly and how conclusively their actions are going to be because they will take actions against Iran. They've done it. They've done it in the past. They'll need to do it alone again because they know they sure as heck can't count on Joe Biden's administration to help them out. In fact, this news is coming as Joe Biden's administration has failed to secure a nuclear agreement with Iran and has failed to stop Iran from continuing to develop its nuclear program. The problem with the agreement that the Biden administration was trying to work out would have only allowed them to move faster. So in a lot of ways, it's a good thing he doesn't have an agreement. Because if they actually agreed to something meaningful, it would be a lie. Iran has no intention to backing off uh, its nuclear weapons program. It has every intention, as long as the Ayatollah and the Mullahs stay in control, of trying to wipe off the face of the earth both Israel and the United States. We are on their target list, which is why none of you should be setting back and just let the Biden administration ignore this. And at the very least, if they're not going to provide any material support, if they're not going to do anything positive to stop the actions of Iran in this case, they at the very least need to publicly support Israel when they take those steps. And unfortunately, Israel is probably the only country left on the planet that has the stones to physically oppose Iran due to Biden's clumsiness and failures one after another on the international stage, which has driven Saudi Arabia into the arms of China. It's driven India into the arms of China. And China, of course, has created an axis of evil with Russia and Iran. So Saudi Arabia now is technically a second-degree ally of one of their longest-standing enemies. Let's go, Brandon. After all, I'm pretty sure you are the only person on the planet could that could have literally effed up international policy as badly as you have. Just ridiculous. All right. Uh, it's not just international policy that Biden has uh, monkeyed up. I'm trying to use nicer language all of a sudden. Don't know why I'm still feeling the harsher language, but it's also financial policy. I mean, he's been destructive everywhere. But the worst part is, right now, we're seeing a not-so-secret secret, secret uh, Fed bailout going on. It's looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again, except it's looking a whole lot worse than 2008 did. We see banks continuing to collapse with more threats of collapse coming, more banks announcing they don't have the liquidity to withstand runs. So we've got the Biden administration going around and saying, well, you know, we'll protect banks of a certain size, which is all the more reason for depositors in the smaller banks to take their money out, forcing those banks into a collapse. It's insanity. How about you guys just get out of the business of trying to pick winners and losers and leave the freaking banks alone to stand or fall of their own accord? Nope, can't do that. They have to rush to the rescue of these collapsing banks while regular folks like you and me continue to struggle, while we're having a hard time paying our bills, while we certainly 
have a hard time filling up our gas tanks because of how much it costs. And the Biden administration running around here with the nerve to not only bail out the wealthiest of Americans, but also to bail out a bunch of folks with very strong and direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Now, again, talking about Silicon Valley Bank here. Just, it's so infuriating. But you know as well as I do, while we're on the hook and having to pay for that, because that's what us responsible taxpayers have to do, we do have a way of opting out of their collapse of the banking system. Right now, you can move your cash into gold and silver. In fact, I suggest you do it sooner rather than later. Uh, go ahead and give our friends over at Gold Co. a call at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals as well. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. You know, before the White House comes and takes it all away. Give a call to 855-387-2932 and learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. One last time, give the folks a gold call, gold co a call at 855-387-2932. And if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, uh, you will also have the opportunity to see a link in the show description that will take you to their free that's correct. They're free. Uh, wealth Protection Kit. Uh, go check that out right now. And let's do the mid-hour break before we go any further in, shall we? There we're at. We'll be right back. Don't take my... Definitely. Don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. Bible tells us that when the wicked reign, the people mourn. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, I can say that with utmost clarity of mind, soul, and spirit, that the United States, for the most part, though not all, is unfortunately ruled by those who not only tend to lean toward more leftist wicked ideologies, but are themselves the embodiment of evil and are financially and frantically seeking to literally destroy our beloved republic. They were shocked beyond belief how President Trump was able to quickly spearhead numerous positive developments, both domestically and abroad, in less than four years, with a fraction of the support he should have received from the Republican Party. 
Far too many rhinos were more interested in playing footsies and plotting with Democrats to undermine Trump's America First policies. They declared Trump unfit to be president because he did not agree with the Democrat and rhino agenda to make the United States of America unfit to carry on as the leading nation of the world. I believe we can and will overcome this current reign of wickedness. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com and Constitutional Grounds Coffee. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink 
conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to MTAP and Tap into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. It is indeed time to continue forward, tapping into the truth. Of course, uh, that uh, last liner involved uh, Kathy, uh, who joined us just this past Friday. So if you missed that one, go back and check it out in the archives. It was not a bad uh, broadcast. Some of the recording. Uh, was interrupted a bit due to weather concerns that uh, interrupted the live feed uh, going out. But uh, all in all, most of it's still intact, and it's a worthwhile uh, conversation with all the guests. So I highly recommend you go back and check it out if you missed it. And if you didn't, but you want to review or maybe there's something you missed, uh, you know, you can do the same thing. Okay, uh, let's continue on. Here, this next story... We've been discussing this topic for a bit, and it looks as if the state of California is still going to try, at the very least, to move forward with this, even if it bankrupts them, which it probably will if they actually do. We'll see. A lot of folks doing a lot of virtue signaling right now. But black California residents could receive up to $1.2 million based on how many years they have lived in the state after it's official reparation task force approved recommendations on Saturday to issue a formal reparative monetary apology. Ugh, gotta love these terminologies. So at any rate, the nine-member panel, which became the first task force in the United States to form back in September of 2020, they advanced the plan recommendations in Oakland, California. The draft includes calculated dollar figures based on categories ranging from mass incarceration, housing discrimination, and other alleged injustices. According to the latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 2.5 million Californians, about 6.5% of the state's population, are black and could be eligible to receive reparations based on certain requirements. Uh, quoting here from Representative Barbara Lee, Reparations are not only morally justifiable, but they have the potential to address long-standing racial disparities and inequalities. Uh, of course, Barbara was talking to the Associated Press, but Barbara's also ignoring the fact that it doesn't really do any of those things. First of all, you're 
trying to make some type of moral justification for taking money away from people today who had nothing to do with your claimed issue and give it to people today who've never faced those issues, which is also why they're now trying to stretch this out to no longer be about reparations for slavery. That's why they're including these racial disparities and inequalities as part of the issue. They have to do that because they know they don't actually have a legal case to stand on to justify taking anything away from anyone and just giving it away when the perceived reason for doing it doesn't apply to anybody that's currently involved, either the folks they're taking from or the folks they'd be giving away to. But hey, it's California, right? And as long as you have enough people thinking, hey, I can cash in on that, they're going to get plenty of support. Anyway, according to the final report, black communities impacted by mass incarceration and over-policing aligning with the national war on drugs could receive about $115,260 per person, or roughly about $2,352 each year they lived in California between the years of 1971 and 2020. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. Black communities impacted by mass incarceration. Now, they're ignoring the fact that statistically there is a disproportionate amount of crime, especially violent crime, committed by the people living in those communities. The fact that they're black is irrelevant. It is a fact that a lot of them are. It's the fact that that's where the crime is happening, which is also why there was alleged over-policing. That's where the police needed to be in order to stop the crime, in order to protect the law-abiding black citizens that were living there. It wasn't about, oh, we're racist. It's about this community needs help. This community needs the police to be present. And the criminals that are acting in those communities also just happen to be black. So that's what we're doing. It was actually the opposite of racism. It was an effort to protect those black communities from the people that would commit violent crimes in them. Period. End of that discussion. But hey, again, why let the facts get in the way of the leftist narrative? Panel members on this reparations panel, they said that black residents impacted by lending and zoning re, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> lending and zoning redlining by banks between 1933 and 1977 could receive $3,366 each year they resided in California, uh, capping that out at about $148,099. So that's your max. Sorry, guys, if you're actually an older Californian and are actually the victim of redlining, you know, you're not as important in this because we're really trying to protect the criminals in these categories. But we don't want the law-abiding citizens uh, to be against it. Once they figure it out, it's mostly for the criminals. No, no, we want to throw them a bone, but we have to keep their bone uh, kind of down to the minimum so we can afford to give the millions away to the mass incarcerated, a.k.a. criminals who were arrested and went to prison.
another method created by the panel calculated gaps between black and white housing wealth. And uh, they seem to figure that out at about $145,847 per person. Other alleged injustices and discriminations in health, they estimate that at $13,619 per person for each year lived in California. Now, I got to stop right there and say, hey, California, you guys, how long have the Democrats been in control out there? I mean, seriously, how long have the Democrats been in control of the state of California? For decades? I mean, for the biggest part, they've controlled the state house, the state senate. They've held the majority of the governorships. They certainly run the majority of uh, major cities, particularly the the centers for uh, urban development, shall we say. Uh, those inner cities. It's been Democrats running those things almost for the entirety of the timeline that they're looking at. Has it really been that racist under the Democrats? If you believe that that's active racism, how do you associate that with anything other than the Democrats? Uh, Seriously. Real life question. Asking for a friend of color, since you're not going to answer me since I'm not of color. Actually, I have a color. It's just white. That's still a color, guys. Anyway, based on the New York Times analysis, a black person living in California for 71 years, the average life expectancy of black residents in California, at least according to the numbers back in 2021, they could receive up to $1.2 million. Some economists projected to the Associated Press that California could owe more than $800 billion in reparations. $800 billion. Got another quick question for you. Where do you think they're going to come up with that money? I mean, that's more than double the state's annual budget. If you add $800 billion to what they're paying out. Quoting here from the draft. Apologies alone are inadequate to provide justice to victims or redress wrongs. Now, I'll agree with that. That is true. Apologies are not enough. Unfortunately, some injustices cannot be rectified. You know, that's that's the terrible, dirty little secret here. That's why they love race baiting. Because they know if they get you fired up enough thinking that, well, somebody owes you something for the things that have happened. The problem is, it can never be made right. There is no adequate dollar amount for the people that have actually suffered real racism. There's no adequate dollar amount that will ever make up for all the harms that have actually been done in the real instances. And I keep using that qualifier because there's a lot of people out there whining an awful lot about what they call microaggressions, which is clearly not a real issue. It's when you run out of real issues and start looking for excuses to still be mad about it. Granted, that's not their definition of microaggression, but I think it's a pretty accurate definition. Changed my mind. (laughs) Anyway, continuing from the draft. But when combined with material forms of reparations, apologies provide an opportunity for communal reckoning with the past, and repair for moral, physical, and 
dignitary harms. But do they? I mean, seriously, do they? Do they do any of that? Because I'm going to say no. You know, and I don't have any skin in this game. I, part of me would love to see the Democrats in California bankrupt themselves once and for all, and every Democrat living there having to deal with the repercussions and say, hey, um, here's an $8 billion check, but, you know, you probably need to hang on to that for a while because you're not going to be able to cash it anywhere. California's bankrupt. Which is utterly ridiculous when you think about all the natural resources that the state has. I mean, the state by itself is capable of having an economy as large as the majority of countries around the world. I think individually, it previously has landed as large as number three in the world. I'm pretty sure it still would be in the top ten. I don't know exactly where it would fall right now. They've not exactly been doing a great job. Anyway, one woman that was attending Saturday's meeting, she said that $1.2 million in incremental payments is nowhere near enough. And again, that's just what I was saying. No matter what you do, if you have legitimate harm that's been done, there is no dollar amount that's going to be enough. But the other side of that is that if you're just somebody out here that's race baiting and you don't want the issue to go away, you can never be satisfied with what's being offered. You can never accept the policy. Yeah, policy, I'm sorry. You can never accept the apology. You can never accept the dollar amount of saying, okay, well, here's your the, the very first part of your down payment. You're a long way off from getting even. But even if there was some magical number that would make it okay, these folks, the activists, could never be satisfied with it because then it takes away what their little soapbox they get to stand up there, yell, and make themselves feel important about it. It's just gone. If you can't go on and on and on and, and talk and whine and say, oh, well, you know, these are the terrible things you've done to us, and this is why I must speak out, and you fix it if it goes away. Oh, well, I would just go home now. Thank you. No, they can't do that. Once they have a taste of being, you know, quasi-famous, a voice for the people, a voice for the voiceless, a social justice warrior, well, you can't just lay down your shield and your sword. You got to find some other reason, some other cause to take up, or you have to say, fine, thank you for acknowledging your failures, now give us more because you know it's not enough. And it's never going to be enough, which is why the people of California are moronic if they go along with this. We know the people they keep electing to, to run the state government are moronic, but the people themselves are going to have to put their foot down. Even the folks inside the cities that are expecting to collect the majority of these checks are going to have to say, dude, what are you doing? You can't do this and expect things to go on. California does have a tremendous amount of resources. It could have a phenomenal ability to raise the type of dollars required to pay this under good financial management, but they don't have that right now. They're they're bleeding citizens. They're bleeding businesses. They don't treat the 
the engines of capital creation with respect. They treat them like personal piggy banks, so they're getting out of Dodge. And anybody with half a brain would do the same. This will be a last straw for a lot of folks. They'll go ahead and get on out rather than to continue to put the bill for this reckless, ridiculous, and pointless spending. And I say it's pointless not because I think that actual victims of real racism aren't deserving of an actual apology and some type of uh, actual justice to be doiled out. But this isn't justice. And most of the people that's going to qualify for this type, based on what we're reading here, never faced actual racism. Just stuff that's being included and lumped under it so that they can continue to whine about it. And I'm talking about the activists whine about it, not the people that have been disproportionately affected. Anyway, the same woman said that we want direct cash payments, just like how the stimulus checks were sent out. It's our inheritance, and we can handle it. Can you? Really? How how good did you guys do with the stimulus checks, by the way? How many of you are better off financially now when you had the free money that came? How many of you are going to be able to handle it? I mean, maybe you personally, but look around the room. She also added, that the plan should resemble San Francisco's newly formed reparations committee, which proposed that longtime black residents of Northern California metropolitan city would receive up to five million each for facing decades of systemic repression. Again, systemic repression that was created and managed by the decades of Democrat total control of the city of San Francisco. Just want to point that out. If you think you were systemically repressed, if you think were you were the victim of systemic racism by the government there, those were the people that did it. They all had D's at the end of their name, and they kind of liked doing it to you. Panel members recommended the apology from the California legislature should include a censor of the gravest barbarities carried out on behalf of the state. Quoting uh, when I say that, which of course consists of an exhaustive list of notes since California entered the Union all the way back in 1850. Although California entered the Union outlawing slavery from the very beginning, the draft states that it did not pass laws at the time to guarantee freedom. Again, slavery not allowed from its inception. There was no slavery in California before it joined the Union, and it made it clear it was going to be a free state when it joined the Union. Oh, but there's still excuses. Well, you didn't pass any laws specifically saying that, but they kind of did. They outlawed slavery. That should be your major complaint here, but no, that's not really the complaint at all. It's just part of the excuse, right? So the California Supreme Court has enforced the Federal Fugitive Slave Act way back in the day, which allowed for the capture and return of runaway enslaved people. 
until the official end of enslavement in 1865. So during that time gap, between 1850 and 1865, roughly 15 years, some people were still having to suffer the yoke of slavery because California didn't say, sorry, you're not allowed to come get your slaves if they came here. There were not very many places in the Union that did not do the same thing. And part of the reason there was because of the fact that they did enter a federation. They agreed to certain terms and conditions in doing so. They're supposed to respect the laws of other states. And up until the time that slavery was completely outlawed, and again, I'm not trying to make cover for it here, but I am trying to say that that is a flimsy, weak, and lame excuse for still trying to go after the state of California. Now, California has also previously issued apologies for placing Japanese Americans in internment camps during World War II, for the mistreatment of Native Americans, and for abuses in its eugenic sterilization program that forcibly sterilized patients in state hospitals and state homes without true consent. Task force members are scheduled to release this particular report in its entirety by July 1st. If lawmakers approve the plan, the state will create a new agency to oversee this program. They'll be overseeing the program, they'll be determining eligibility, and they will also be sending out the checks. <coughs> the real question at this point is, how are you, residents of the state of California, going to uh, react to this? What are you going to tell your state legislatures? I mean, are you going to say, hey, thumbs up, go do this, just because you feel like you have to be a loyal Democrat? Or are you going to take five seconds, look at the financial impact this is going to have on your state, and realize that if you more than double the current budget, they're going to have to raise taxes well beyond the current level to be able to accommodate this. And aren't you guys out there already paying too much in taxes as it is? How much more can you guys actually afford to pay? I ain't trying to tell you how to live in California. I'm really not. I am, however, pointing out how silly this whole thing is. Because it is. It's silly because you're not going to be able to fix the sins of the past by giving cash to anybody. You're not going to be able to fix the sins of the past by punishing people in the present. And you're not going to be able to do anyone any good if you bankrupt yourselves in the process. All right, let's reset the hour. We'll be right back after a very brief break. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had 
degrees they said their vows and he couldn't say when he couldn't say how he couldn't say why she was different in his eyes they built careers and had a kid tried to live like their parents did both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago little cabin in the west They homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now sliding headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Before we go any further, I want to uh, tell you a little bit about the situation that occurred just a little while back. It's a shocking, true story about our crumbling electrical grid. There was a blackout that was ordered by a power company. It took the life of a 67-year-old man. And now his family's heartbroken, they're angry, they're confused, trying to figure out exactly why, why this happened. You see, some old power lines were at risk of getting knocked over during a high wind event. So the power company decided to kill the power to roughly 700,000 homes, you know, just in case. Robert was asleep. He was using his oxygen machine to help him breathe. And just a smidge past 12 minutes without power cost him his life. The saddest 
part of Robert's tragedy is that it didn't have to happen at all because there is a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free backup power generators. We're talking about the Patriot Power Generator from 4Patriots. It's silent, so it doesn't draw attention. It's solar, so it doesn't use gas, which means you don't have to worry about carbon monoxide poisoning. You can use it inside, and it's powerful enough to keep your medical devices going, so Robert would have been fine if he had had a four Patriots Patriot Power Generator online and ready to go. thing here is that the Patriot Power Generator, it's not just for medical devices, though. It can keep your refrigerator running. You can use it to run... Uh, your emergency radios, you can keep your cell phones charged up. It uh, keeps you in communication. It can keep getting you the information you need in these situations. It can be the difference between life and death, even if you're not dependent on the operation of at-home medical equipment. Right now, you can go to 4 You can use the code TAPP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase on literally anything in the store. So go over there, shop around. You'll find some stuff that uh, you'll need. You'll find some stuff that you may not need, but really, really kind of want. Bigger the order, uh, the more you end up saving because the more 10% off is. So, you know, use the promo code, T-A-P-P. Get yourself 10% off. That means that the Patriot Power Generator is included. Just go over to the number four, Patriots.com. Use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off. Go ahead and make sure that you get yours today. Don't hesitate. Unless you've already got one. Then maybe go back and check out, like, the sidekick or something. (laughs) Never hurts to have uh, an extra backup battery. Okay, uh, let's jump right on in. Let's talk a little bit about Janet Yellen, shall we? See... In case, for some strange reason, maybe you're not familiar with Janet, she's currently serving as the Treasury Secretary. And as she was giving an interview on one of the Sunday shows, she basically insinuated that the U.S. federal government would run out of money sometime in June if the debt ceiling increase is not passed as she suggested, that the Republican lawmakers were trying to do negotiations with a, quote, gun to the head of the American people. Oh, my. Now, I get that Janet is an appointee of a Democratic president, but isn't Janet supposed to be a bit more nonpartisan? I mean, as... The Treasury Secretary, isn't her primary concern, you know, keeping the Treasury functioning? Uh, A lot to do with monetary policy, uh, a lot to do with uh, taxation uh, and things of that nature. Isn't that her primary job? Isn't that supposed to be a nonpartisan position? Because it certainly doesn't sound nonpartisan when she says that Republican lawmakers are trying to negotiate with a gun to the head of the American people. 
I mean, if you feel that passionate about it, Janet, shouldn't you be saying that right now both parties have a gun to the head of the American people? Shouldn't you be saying that Joe Biden's refusal to negotiate is purely political grandstanding? Shouldn't that at least be part of the conversation? No, no, no. You see, Janet is a partisan party hack. <clears throat> she wouldn't have got appointed by the Biden administration if she wasn't. I understand that. You understand it. But for the folks out there that might still be under the misconception, the misguided notion that somehow some of these people are above party loyalty and are actually trying to do the work of the people, this needs to be pointed out. Yellen, of course, made these remarks during an interview while she was visiting our good friend George Stephanopoulos over on This Week on ABC. They, of course, were discussing the current need to, to raise the debt ceiling so the U.S. can pay its bills. Hey, guys, how about we cut spending so the U.S. can pay its bills? How about we enact some fiduciary responsibility with the American taxpayer dollars? How about we show some level of fiscal responsibility the way everyday average Americans are expected to do every month when they have to pay their bills if they want to keep little things, you know, those minor conveniences like electricity and water? I just, I don't know, random thought. Silly, I know. But still, some reason came to mind. Yellen, of course, also said that if the U.S. runs out of money, which I would actually uh, suggest that we ran out of money a long time ago, which is why they're just randomly printing more and borrowing like crazy. Uh, but again, she said if we run out of money, financial and economic chaos would ensue, which, again, I'm kind of the opinion that the Democrats kind of want that right now because that would give them cover for the financial and economic chaos that's coming anyway, just be able to blame it on this instead of their failed policies of spend, 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 hey, let's spend some more. That's why we can't even return to the spending of 2022. Can't do that. That will just hurt too many people. Way too hard. Dude, you've been hurting people way too much by continuing to ignore the fact that there should be an actual limit on how much money the United States continues to borrow in order to pay its bills. If you're having to borrow money to pay your bills, you are financially... Well, I almost used a naughty word. <coughs> uh, it would have been alliteration, by the way. Uh, you are financially effed. Those of us who've had to borrow money in order to try to pay bills... In our own personal lives, we understand how precarious a situation that is. We, as a government, have been borrowing billions upon billions, uh, even into the trillions now, for a long time. At some point, there is a reason why the debt ceiling exists at all. There is a reason for it, and that's because even the people who suggested it recognized that there should be a limit. There will come a point where if you have to spend a certain percentage of annual G GDP on the servicing of the debt, not the actual principal of the debt, but just the interest payments alone, that it's too much. And the only way 
to fix that is to cut spending. I mean, there's only so far you can raise taxes. Can't tell that to a Democrat either, but there are limits. Anyway, Ms. Yellen said, now I'm quoting once again, U.S. Treasury securities are at, I'm sorry, are the safest bedrock security underlying the global financial system. A failure of the United States to honor all of its debt would call into question our creditworthiness, even as we get very close to this date. If Congress doesn't act, we're likely to see financial market consequences. I think you already are seeing financial market consequences. You have China actively working against the U.S. dollar around the world, period. And thanks to Joe Biden's inability to put two sentences together and the fact that modern monetary theory is the driving force behind the administration and the folks that are pulling the strings, the ones that are actually doing the work that Joe's supposed to be, it's by design. Again, these people know what they're expecting. They know what their projected outcome is, and they're doing it anyway because while these policies fail the American people, they don't fail to bring about the collapse of the republic, which is the ultimate goal these people have. I know, I keep saying that, but there's a reason why. Because everything we see them do is directly involved with that particular action. Let's shred apart the social fabric of the country. Okay, uh, let's do that. How do we do that? Uh, let's hire Dylan Mulvaney to represent beer. Okay, <clears throat> let's put drag queens in story hours at local libraries for small children. Okay, let's do that. Oh, I, I can hear the shredding of the social fabric there. Now let's call all the people that want to push back about it hatred bigots and just all terrible people and possibly even domestic terrorists. Okay, yeah, that's not going to cause any division. Let's do that. Well, financially, let's destroy the economy that all we had to do was open back up after the artificial shutdown with COVID. But we'll, we'll make it uh, worse by ending our energy program so we can't be energy independent anymore. Well, that'll push prices up. That'll create inflation right off the bat. And then let's just randomly spend a bunch of money we don't have, also making inflation worse. And with all that going on, Let's pretend like this debt ceiling is going to be the reason there's economic chaos. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Because we can blame that on the Republicans, can't we? Yeah, yeah, great plan, great plan. Let's all pat each other on the back. <coughs> Yellen also went on to say that uh, the U.S., if it's downgraded by the credit rating agencies, that there would be a permanently higher borrowing costs for Americans to buy a home, buy a car, and a failure to raise the debt ceiling would cause a steep economic downturn. Except, again, we're already heading for one. If you continue to spend money as a government without having a backstop, without having a place where you finally stop, and without making any cuts anywhere to start saving that's going to lead to a steep economic downturn that we are already on the path to. 
freaking credit ceiling, debt ceiling limit or not. And don't act like it's some terrible thing. That, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Don't act like you think it's some terrible thing that Americans will have a harder time buying homes and buying cars. Because at the end of the day, you guys, all you folks with a D at the end of your name, all you people claiming to be Democrats, you're on board with the globalist policies of the world economic system. This, this group of folks that are telling us point blank, Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab? No, not Charles Schwab. <laughs> Sorry, just suddenly thinking, if you have investments anywhere, run for the hills. Uh, Klaus Schwab. <laughs> Charles. Sorry, Charles. I don't even think Charles is alive anymore. Uh, Klaus has been telling you, you will owe nothing and you'll like it. And that is their plan. And they're moving forward with it. This is what they're trying to do. And as long as you let these people continue to be in a position to have any level of control, this is what they're going to do to all of us. They just want to pretend like it's somebody else's fault. Why? Because just like I said a few broadcasts ago, everything is always somebody else's fault when you're a Democrat. Now, when our good friend George... Mr. Stephanopoulos, to people like me, uh, noted that 43 Republican senators have come out and said that they would not support raising the debt ceiling without significant spending cuts and other reforms. Yellen said that that was like holding a gun to the heads of the American people, except it's only like that if the Democrats, uh, your folks there, Janet, refuse to cut spending. Why is it that you guys are any better off in this equation if you're not willing to negotiate? Because you're certainly, you never gave uh, Trump or W anything without something in return. Not one time, not one thing, no matter how good it would have been for the American public. Not, not mattering at all what the negative impact would be if it was allowed to continue down the path. Not one time did you offer or even concede that it was a possibility to pass a clean bill of any kind under the past two administrations and uh, previous Republican administrations before that. It was a rarity, if at all. But this is the one time there should be an exception? Why? Because you want it. That's not a good reason. If you're going to continue to act like I don't even know what uh, what to say here. I was about to say like a drunken sailor on shore leave, but even they stop spending once they run out of money. It's not very good. And you know what? I would trust a drunken sailor with our economy before I trust any of you losers. You don't have what it takes to serve the American people. You're serving a global interest that needs to see the collapse of the American Republic. So sorry. You're traitors to the country, and I don't use that term lightly, and you're trying to destroy our economy. You're trying to destroy our unity, and you're succeeding at a ridiculously high level on those things. But you get to, to go on Sunday morning talk shows and say things like, <clears throat> quote, well, look, I don't want to get ahead of the negotiations that will occur. President Biden has invited 
invited the leadership of Congress to the White House. So on Tuesday, I know he wants to set up a process in which spending priorities and levels are discussed in the negotiation. But these negotiations should not take place with a gun really to the head of the American people because why? Why should these negotiations not take place when the Republicans who currently have control of the House, meaning they have control of the purse strings, why should they not get a say in how you're spending money? That's literally their job, and they've been cut out of that process for a long time now. Spending cuts need to occur. You can't just keep spending blindly. There does need to be a return to some level of financial responsibility. Why is that so difficult for these people? But uh, she got interrupted when she got to because, because Stephanopoulos say, but they're taking place with that gun to the head of the American people. Yeah, because he wants to make that the story. He didn't want Janet to have a chance to say anything else. He wanted to punctuate that point so that the few people left that are still watching his show get the message loud and clear. The Republicans are trying to kill us all. Yellen, of course, responded to that by saying, well, it's important for Congress to meet a responsibility. She's right about that. They do need to meet a responsibility, not the one she's talking about, but they do need to meet a responsibility, and we need to hold them accountable to getting there. She continued, though, back to quoting, since 1960, the debt ceiling has been raised 78 times, three times during the prior administration, always with bipartisan support. Yes, always bipartisan support, but never a clean bill. And it simply is unacceptable for Congress to threaten economic calamity for American thresholds in the global financial system as the cost of raising the debt ceiling is getting agreement on budget budget priorities. See, that doesn't even make any sense. She's literally saying that Congress needs to meet a responsibility by not meeting its actual responsibilities. That's your Treasury Secretary, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Janet. You really laid it all out there. You made it crystal clear. I fail to see how anybody takes Janet or any other part of the Biden administration seriously, except for the fact that we kind of have to, because there are the folks that have been left in charge. Heaven help us. Regardless of how they obtained their present status, they're the folks that we have to depend on until we elect a new crew. And that new crew needs to clean house immediately, including any moron that buys into modern monetary theory, any moron that buys into the we can't shut down the border, we can't get control of it, anybody that buys into the idea that a man can magically become a woman just because he freaking says, I'm a woman now, none of those people should be in a position where they get to make a decision about anything period. 
They shouldn't even be allowed to make decisions for themselves because they've proven themselves to be incompetent. You know, earlier when I was talking about forced <laughs> incarceration for mentally ill, if you buy into that, if you actually believe those things, you are suffering from a form of mental illness too. Period. Sorry you don't like it, but that's the way it is. They're going to collapse our system, and they're going to try to blame it on everybody but them. The system's already in trouble. We already have this not-so-secret, secret Fed bailout that's happening as we speak. It's looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again, except it's going to be worse. It's already worse. We've seen banks collapsing, and there's more banks, despite the lies from the Biden administration and people like Janet Yellen trying to tell us that, oh, the banking system is fine, it's safe, you don't have to worry. We still see banks collapsing and more banks in trouble. We see executives taking big bonuses, while the White House is, of course, running to their defense, sometimes just by word, sometimes by actual deed, taking taxpayer dollars and patting their soft landing. Are we going to get a soft landing? No, we're not. They're running to their rescue while regular people like you and me continue to struggle to pay our bills, continue to struggle to keep gas in our gas tanks just so we can go back and forth to work, just so we can pay the freaking taxes that they're going to continue to misspend. The Biden administration has the nerve to bail out some of the wealthiest Americans in the country and people with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party rather than take care of the American public in general. And guess who's paying for it? Yes, that's right, you and me. But we don't have to play their game anymore, at least when it comes to seeing them collapse our dollar. You can opt out of that part of the system. You can move your cash into gold and silver right now. Do it before it's too late. Give our friends over at Gold Co. a call at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals, too. Take action today. Protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. You know, before the White House comes and takes it all away. Give a call at 855-387-2932 right now. And you can learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. One more time, that number is 855-387-2932. Give Gold Co. a call right now. Don't hesitate. It's for your own good. Trust me on this. At the very least, check them out. See what they have to say. Won't hurt a thing just to give them a call, right? All right, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine.
One has to wonder who in Hades do Department of Justice officials think they are. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The last time I checked, very recently, according to the United States Constitution, it is Congress's responsibility to make laws, pass them, then it's up to the president to either sign his approval or veto the bill. On the other hand, the Department of Justice is designated to be part of the government apparatus that goes and investigates criminal activity, not make up new dictatorial mandates. The CDC also does not have the constitutional authority to bully we the people into wearing face diapers, whether they think we should or not. Unfortunately, we the people have allowed almost all government departments and politicians to no longer operate within the boundaries of proper constitutional constraints. As a result, both government departments and And like the DOJ and CDC and leftist politicians, both Democrats and Republicans wrongfully use face diapers, scamdemics and whatever to try and demolish our God-given unalienable rights and exceptional nation way of life. To that, I say no way, Jose. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Join me weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific to find out where. Go to the RunEdwards.com. Bye now. Second Skull. Breakthrough. Revolutionary. Game-changing protection for athletes. Second Skull is an advanced line of protective headgear designed to mitigate the effects of sudden impacts. These impacts are driven by two types of energies. A linear impact occurs when the head sustains a direct hit and then comes to an abrupt stop. Helmets provide protection and reduce the transfer of energy to the head. Here, our protective skull cap provides additional impact protection through its impact absorption technology. A rotational impact occurs when the head is impacted at an angle before coming to a quick stop. Here, our product reduces the amount of energy transferred to the head. Helmets provide protection to dissipate some of the rotational forces. The second skull cap provides additional rotational energy benefits by redirecting impact energy. Second skull provides an independent layer between the head and the helmet. The result is an improved rotational benefit value caused by the slip in our protective skull cap. The slip is further enhanced by the fact that each second skull cap has a floating protective material layer nested between two fabric layers. The layers are comprised of a low-friction fabric moisture wicking layer and an independent impact-absorbing layer. Our second skull cap provides game-changing protection against both linear and rotational forces. The result is two great protective benefits that improve most helmets. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. During just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, 
Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named top six in the world in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Battle, author and speaker and media commentator, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tapping the Truth. Definitely talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to tapping into the truth, no doubt. Uh, thanks again to Richard Battle. And if you haven't already picked up a copy of Built by Americans, Not Americans, uh, by Richard Battle, you definitely need to, along with all of his other books. They're all really, really good. And uh, it occurs to me, I think I might have slipped up and left off one of the messages from our sponsors back in the first hour. So I definitely need to make sure that we get it in right now. Uh, as a longtime listener of Tap Into the Truth, you are more than well aware that the surest path to becoming a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. And one of the quickest ways to become a victim of a violent crime is to not have your gun when you need one. Which is why I want to talk to you about one of the biggest mistakes that gun owners like myself and I'm sure a lot of you guys out there uh, have a tendency to make when it comes to our holsters. We make the mistake that we get one that's so uncomfortable, we stop using it. That, of course, means when it comes to the quest to protect our lives, to protect our family, to protect our neighbors, to protect our property when it comes right down to it, well, we've already failed right at the jump because we don't have our firearm on us. And because of that comfort issue, that's one of the reasons why Vanish holsters are quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. They literally have thousands of customers that are out there saying that they are unequivocally, hands down, the most comfortable holster ever. And a lot of them are saying that once you get a Vanish holster, you'll never stop carrying. This holster also saves you money. Because it fits about 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry two fully loaded magazines as well. 
And the best part is it lets you carry in multiple positions. Again, getting back to being that most comfortable holster of all time. Best part of all that is that as a listener of Tap Into The Truth, you can get $50 off your uh, purchase over there. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate your discount. Go ahead. Go visit right now. Multitask. Don't waste your time. Uh, you can have your order placed and have your product on its way to you before the end of the broadcast. Just go to www.vnsh. That's Victor, Noah, Steve, Harvey, <laughs> dot com backslash T-A-P-P, uh, as in tap. As in tap into the truth. As in T-A-P-P. Thomas Alpha. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm doing my impersonation of uh, Joe Biden, in case you missed it. Uh, anyway. Anyway, one last time. All kidding aside. Uh, Vanish Holster, fantastic product. Go check it out. If you're in the market for a new holster, or maybe you're not, don't realize that you need to be, uh, you still be doing yourself a favor by checking out what they've got going over there. One last time, so you can get that $50 discount if you want to check it out. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P today. Claim that $50 discount. Get to it, guys. You're really going to want to do that. Okay, uh, so the uh, Attorney General of the great state of Texas has officially launched a probe into a medical center over potentially breaking the law. Well, why would you bring that up, Tim? Uh, normally, you're worried about either politics or the, uh, the social justice war that we're currently involved in. Well, it kind of falls into the culture war, guys, because Ken Paxson has announced an investigation into the Austin-based Dell Children's Medical Center after an undercover video released last month allegedly shows staff at the facility saying that they had patients transitioning as young as eight years old. So you see, we're back to the minors transitioning. Gender-affirming care, according to the left. Paxson, of course, issued a request to examine a legal document, uh, to Dell's Children's Medical Center, demanding that they turn over information and answer questions about the alleged activities at the hospital. Why? Because it is illegal in the state of Texas to perform gender-affirming care on minors. If they had people there as young as eight, clearly minors were involved. Paxson said in a statement, quote, it is now alarmingly common for fringe activists to use their positions in medicine and healthcare to force experimental, life-altering procedures onto children. Across the country, there are doctors and healthcare professionals who appear willing to sacrifice the long-term health of American children, all in the service to the increasingly dangerous fad of transgender extremism. It is deeply disturbing 
and there is no place for it in Texas. Along these lines, there have been a number of recent reports about potentially illegal activity at Dell Children's Medical Center, and this investigation aims to uncover the truth. Now, of course, Paxson's investigation comes after an investigative group, Project Veritas, published an undercover video back on April 19th that appears to show medical officials at the hospital admitting to treating children as young as eight for gender confusion that they claim is trans <clears throat> that they claim is transgenderism. Enunciation being important. Trying not to get tongue. In this effort, they're recommending life-altering puberty blockers for a 10-year-old and cross-sex hormones for minors as young as 14. Quote here from Nora Scott, a licensed social worker who was at the Austin-based Dell Children's Medical Center, said, quote, We do have patients who are starting as young as 8 or 9 years old. Now, there's, when they say starting, they're, we're talking about transitioning. Dell's Children Medical Center responded to Paxson's investigating, uh, claiming in part the following. <clears throat> Our organization prohibits surgery and prescribing hormone therapy, including puberty blockers, for the treatment of gender dysphoria in children and adolescents. If any employee or contracted provider acts in a matter that is inconsistent with our organizational position regarding gender dysphoria care of minors, we take appropriate action. Uh, raising hand here in the back, uh, if you're taking questions, um, what do you deem to be those appropriate actions? Because, I mean, I can say I plan on taking appropriate action. But if I disagree with what you think is appropriate action, then I'm probably going to be doing something that you don't feel like is appropriate action. So, again, I think we need to better define that, you know, just in light of the times in which we live kind of scenario. Uh, Paxson also said, quoting again, uh, Dell Children's responded to my investigation and said they don't engage in these abusive practices. Their cooperation is welcomed. I look forward to reviewing all requested documents. This is a win for Texas kids, but I won't back down. As Reagan said, trust but verify. Okay, I'm good with that. Stay on it. Don't just take their word for it. I seem to think that's a familiar phrase for some reason. Since I close almost every show with don't trust anyone, <laughs> do the research for yourself, Ted Cruz uh, made some comments, basically slamming the hospital. He did that on an interview late last month on Newsmax, saying that what the undercover video showed was horrific. Quote, I think a child that is eight years old does not have the maturity to make permanent life-altering decisions. We see institutions across the country performing genital mutilations, performing surgeries where they remove perfectly healthy genitals from children, little boys or little girls, making them no longer able to have children for the rest of their lives. That is horrific. 
I think that's child abuse. Uh, Cruz also partnered with Representative Chip Roy, also of Texas, to launch an investigation into the practices at Dell Children's Medical Center. So it seems like the activists can't help themselves. They have to tell you what it is they're doing. They have to make a big deal because they have to virtue signal. They've got to signal that virtue. Otherwise, what's the point, right? I mean, that is why they do what they do. So they can't seem to stay under the radar. There's going to be attention brought to it. So good for Ken Paxson, uh, good for Ted Cruz and for uh, Chip Roy for going out there and doing the things that need to be done in order to try and help bring about an end to this abuse to children. Because that is what's happening. And it's all in the name of a political ideology and, of course, also in the name of uh, uh, fat stacks of cash. I mean, I do keep pointing out the fact that once you are transitioned, even just if your transition starts but you don't complete it, you're still on the hook for a lifetime of additional medical treatment that you were never going to need otherwise. I mean, for that reason alone, it's worth avoiding uh, being drugged into this kind of stuff. But, as I've said on a multitude of occasions, once you turn 18, if you feel like this is what you need to do, I still don't recommend it. I would really, really hope that you would reconsider going down that path, if that's the path you're thinking about following. But it's your choice at that point. I do wish more medical professionals would uh, take the Hippocratic Oath a little more seriously and, uh, you know, the, the do no harm part of that oath, uh, reinstate it, make that an important critical factor again in how they perform health care. And in that case, there'd be more medical professionals that would refuse to engage in it, even for the adults. I mean, we still have major issues with the the trans-capable crowd, which is a real thing that we've been talking about on this show now since freaking 2015. Folks that feel like, oh, well, I was meant to be blind, and so they blind themselves, or I feel like a person that only has one arm. So they try to get an arm surgically removed, and if they can't get a doctor to go along with it, they go out and injure themselves to the point that they're required an amputation. We generally recognize that as being a mental disorder that needs to be treated as a mental disorder. Why we don't do the same with uh, genital mutilations is beyond me. But one thing I do know is we cannot count on the political class or the activist class to stand up and try to do the right thing because they're just not. They have their agenda and it is not serving the American people. It's not serving the public safety. Another good example of how they completely disregard and disrespect the general American population. Story that I teased back at the beginning of hour one. A Democratic candidate for the Virginia House of Delegates is currently facing a firestorm from parents, obviously not learning their lesson from the Loudoun County fiasco. After a video resurfaced 
not surfaced, resurfaced, meaning it's already been out there once. This video resurfaced showing this particular candidate insulting school kid parents as being incapable of deciding the curriculum for their children. Obviously forgetting, you know, how the public school system is supposed to work. Jessica Anderson, the name of the candidate, posted a video during the 2021 gubernatorial race where she mocked the parents whose votes she now is seeking. Saying, quote, I'm sorry, but I've seen some of the parents that live in Virginia. You should not be dictating what your daughter and son's curriculum look like. Basically saying, guys, you're too stupid to know what to do. Look at you Virginians out there trying to tell us smart, uh, college-educated folks uh, what should be and shouldn't be taught. It doesn't matter if it disagrees with your values. It doesn't matter, because uh, you're all a bunch of redneck hayseed fools that don't have no business and clearly don't understand what us learning folks know. <laughs> and again, that's only a slight exaggeration. Again, if you haven't seen the video, it's out there. It's being uh, tweeted and retweeted like crazy. But literally, this person says, Miss Anderson on a TikTok video says, I'm sorry, but I've seen some of the parents that live in Virginia. You should not be dictating what your daughter's and son's curriculum look like, because <laughs> you're just too stupid. Just unbelievable. And she's running to be put back in the state house. She went on to insult homeschooling parents as well. Quote, if you want to do that, there's a thing called homeschool. Indoctrinate them there, but not my kids' public schools. When asked by Fox News Digital to comment on the resurfaced video, Anderson objected that critics were dishonestly claiming that she called parents crazy when she never used the word. Well, no, I, I don't recall... Using the word crazy, I think I used the word, you were calling them stupid. You're calling them too dumb to know what they're doing. Not that they're crazy. That's a word I'm going to reserve for you, Miss Anderson. Uh, you're nuts if you think that that's going to play or going to save your backside. Uh, Anderson, still quoting here in her response, I would never state that as someone who loves my students and their families in this community. As a mom to three daughters, two of which are still in public school, I absolutely believe we should be able to question our students' education, push back if necessary, and have an active role in the education process. Only that's not what you said back when your side, the Democrats, were running the show in Virginia. In fact, a big part of why you're not running the show anymore is because the truth came out about how you were running your schools. She, of course, is trying to walk back these comments. Oh, I'm so sorry that anybody, you know, I, 
I support. I, I can't do a very good voice for her. Uh, anyway, quoting here, her little walk back. I support every parent, every step of the way. I've also seen incredible communication between our teachers and parents in my district when concerns arise. Now, of course, the controversy over control of public school curricula is a big part of what led to school groups calling on the Biden administration to investigate parents as a domestic terror threat. You remember that? She supported that idea. That particular group, of course, later apologized for the request. We're so sorry, people that actually vote in the state and that are showing up, remembering what we've said about you. Oh, no, we never wanted that to happen. <laughs> never expected that to happen. It's more like it. It's a shame that that's what it took. But thank God that enough parents in the state of Virginia started actually paying close enough attention to realize something needed to be done. It's a shame that it took a father getting arrested at a school board meeting before folks started realizing how bad things were. A father who was standing up for his sexually assaulted daughter while the then superintendent of the school system denied that the event ever occurred, even though not only was he aware that it occurred, but he had transferred the student that committed the sexual assault out of the school to another school. A student who then at the new school ended up sexually assaulting another student, locking them into a classroom so nobody could get in there to interrupt. Oh, yeah, and don't forget what we talked about uh, just a week and a half ago about how now Loudoun County school system themselves are actually trying to uh, waste a whole lot more of uh, the local taxpayer monies by creating new bathroom stalls where you're not going to be able to see what's going on in them, not going to be able to tell if there's more than one person in them. Now, that seems like a good idea where, based on the statements of students that have attended the schools in question, the very school where this father had his daughter assaulted in, that students there said it's not at all unusual for hookups to happen, sometimes unwanted, and that teachers and administrators were aware and would often just look the other way because, meh. You know, just knee. That's it. It happens. It's just telling when they think they've won, when they think it's too late for us to push back, to take back any part of the culture war, any part of the country at all. They start getting boastful. They start bragging about the things they're doing, and they let you know what they really think about you pretty quickly. There's no question. There's no doubt. She said the quiet part out loud, and she's not the only one who does it, but she made it clear. I've seen some of these parents. They've got no business dictating the curriculum. Well, guess what? If you believe in all this myriad of insanity, if you believe that capitalism is a bad thing and that socialism is the the true path to, to joy and utopia. 
you don't belong in the education system. You don't belong in our political system. You barely have a space available for you in the country at all. If you believe that a man can just become a woman because he suddenly says so, you don't belong in the education system. You don't belong in elected office. You don't belong in the deep state. You barely have a place in polite society. If you believe any of those things, please tell us so that we know not to vote for you, so that we know not to elect you into positions, so that we know not to give you a position where you're going to be able to affect our children in any way and affect our lives in any way, and good luck to running your own. That's where you ought to be. Just tell us who you are. Be loud and proud and clear about it, and we'll do the rest. Uh, and I plan on holding all you, the general listeners, to that. You got to help me. We, as in all of us, we will do the rest. We have to continue to stand up. We have to continue to shine a light on this type of behavior in every school system across the country where it's happening. Because it's not just in Virginia. But this lady genuinely believes that she has a right, that she has a destiny to be in the Virginia House of Delegates. That's why she's running for it. She wants to get back in a position where she can affect the kind of change that led to the fiascos that were going on in these schools to begin with. That's what she wants. She's dedicated to that. The entirety of the leftist activists are dedicated to causing that kind of harm. And if we keep letting them, then that's on us. That's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so very much for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Breathe and you learn to squeeze till you're in.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Nina, Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223. Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. using both hands evil is powerless if the good are unafraid